Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marcheseau fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcheseau. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Chapman and I are here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, and we are watching on one of the monitors the Tahoe Golf Tournament with the uh, celebrities all taking part. And we just watched the 18th hole, some action on the 18th hole, where they played the the outdoor game, the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, as, as beautiful and picturesque as it was that day, this past winter, it's pretty good right now. Like, it's pretty spectacular. Uh, they, they just the, the setting here. And knowing that there's uh, that they played a hockey game and they had, had a rink built over top of those sand traps, and, and if there's that one tree that's along the shore, that's what told me that that was the hole. It's just wild uh, to think that they played a hockey game out there. Yeah, it was uh, picturesque and amazing. And I know you're just trying to get me to talk about golf and um yeah, I'll pass. Like golf yeah. is cool or whatever. It's nice that it's in Tahoe, but that's that's about as far as my caring of golf goes. It looks a little nicer for the the people that are out in the boats today <laughs> than, than it was that day. Remember the the, the couple of people in the kayaks? Are you crazy being out there? That water is one degree above being frozen, and you're out there in in, in one of those boats. But yeah, but uh, this was this was sort of on my list of things to pay attention to this summer was to to look at this golf course now as a hockey rink and uh, and consider that uh, uh, to be uh, taken care of. We've got a couple of things that uh, that I want to get to today. Start thinking about it, folks. What are five teams that you guarantee will not miss the playoffs that are locks to make the playoffs? Think about giving us five teams. And as I was driving around and this popped into my head, I came up with one and two. Then I started to struggle at about three. And I really had difficulty because I was talking myself out of four and five. And it's it's not that easy of an assignment when you start to have little holes poked in it. So uh, think of five teams that you believe are locks to make the playoffs in the National Hockey League next season. Another assignment that I want to do today is I want us to come up with lines for next year. Here's the caveat. No line can be the same as what we watched this past season, and you have to take one player out of the lineup. Now it can be somebody like Yanmark. That would be an easy one because he's a free agent. Nosek is, is a free agent. Uh, or you can uh, make a transaction, and I'm not telling you what to get for the player, but uh, you can you can move a player on. But I want the four lines, how you would construct them as for a great season, 
but they all have to have some kind of tweak. And I'm curious whether or not you guys go for the big change or whether you just move a winger here or a centerman there and, and nibble around the edges uh, and, and do it that way. Uh, Chapman, I think, is the nibbler. <laughs> Wallace, you're gonna you're gonna bite a little bit more and have a legit meal uh, on this thing, but but Chapman's got Yanmark gone and just moving somebody uh, around that that would be like a, a, a almost like a, a shake it up in the middle of the game type of move. Wallace, I'm expecting big things from you on this one. Yeah, you should. Now. Do you, you think? Should. Do you think that Pete DeBoer will will change things up significantly himself? You know, I I've thought about this quite a bit, like what the Golden Knights might look like next year, and and I like with this type of of exercise, it's really difficult because we're basing it solely on what we saw last year. Because you told me that that we can't bring in a free no, you, agent, you can't or make sign a trade a free or agent, or, or make a trade or anything like that. So. Um, there's a couple of, of avenues that I'd like to explore, but in, in terms of what Pete DeBoer may or may not do for next year, I, I do think that next year, given what we are, are looking at with the Pacific Division, next year is an opportune time for Pete DeBoer to try some different things in terms of his lineup, just to see what type of chemistry you might be able to build, what which players might be a little bit ready, uh, which players might be ready for more responsibility up the lineup. And just to kind of give you an idea of, of how many different ways and how much more, you know, deep you can make your roster, because I don't think the Golden Knights are in any danger of missing the playoffs next year in the Pacific Division. So why not try some new things throughout the regular season? If I was going to give you the option to make a transaction, and I'm not, but I am curious what you were thinking. Like, were you going all in on Eichel? Were you doing something to that uh, extent? No, no, I wasn't going to do that. Like, I, I mean, I've talked about, and I talked about it a little bit today on, on social media, on Twitter. Like, I, I look at a guy like Corey Perry or a Corey player type of player mm -hmm. as being one that's very beneficial. It's a, a fourth-line player that is is certainly – one that you'd have to manage throughout the regular season, but I do think can offer something on the power play in terms of a specialty type of player. So um, I I don't know. Like that might be uh, an avenue that I would go, but, you know, right now um, that's not necessarily where I'm going with this. And, and, and it's okay. Like it's not a bad thing at all. I, I just think that um, I'm trying to be as creative with this as possible. That That's all I'm going to go. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I got for you. Has Corey Perry mm, done a good job of turning his his bad boy image around? Has he um has he has he gone from villain to somebody that you cheer for? He's the old gritty grinded out guy. Um, you know, with Corey Perry. I don't know. Like he's likable to me, and I I understand that there aren't a lot of people that are going to share um, that same sentiment. And was he likable ten years ago? Coming from... Five years ago? No, no, that's no, what I he mean. wasn't. Like, and, he's and... rehabilitated his his image, kind of. 
I, I think so. And and for me, like it's it's all in, in how a guy plays the game, right? Like and, and Corey Perry always played on that edge and you always talked about him in this way. You hate him when you have to play against him, you love him on your team. And and that is something that as I've gotten older and as I've kind of further removed myself from you know, being a quote-unquote fan of a certain team to viewing the NHL a little bit more at large, a little bit more on uh, on a macro level, I've come to appreciate the way Corey Perry plays the game. I've come to appreciate what he means to his teams in the locker room on the ice. And in, to me, he's become a, a very likable player over the years. Because there was a time when you like would would – throw the book at Corey Perry any chance you got just to get rid of him from the and he was a world class player <laughs> olympic uh, champion stanley cup champion but he was the player the elite player that could produce points uh mvp player and, but was greasy and dirty and nasty now he's greasy the greasy dirty nasty player that can sometimes chip in like that, the the greasy mm. nastiness has remained the same, very consistent. Uh, doesn't get the ice time that he used to get to to do some of that stuff, but uh, his his ability to still get under your skin is the one thing that hasn't changed in his game. No, not not at all, and and I think that's a really good thing because he plays on that edge. That's what makes him effective. He draws penalties. He frustrates the opposition and you know and just in terms of you know his his versatility he is a a again he's a fourth line player that can that can make some some moves in the offensive zone he can play on your power play and i get that he only scored one power play goal last year but he also opens up a lot of time and space because you have to respect what he can do in front of the net on the power play and and that in terms in terms of the Golden Knights, their power play struggles, I think an inside option in front of the net is something that could absolutely help them. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a player that uh, I've admired and, and thought of uh, when they were massaging their, their power play and their, their fourth line. Uh, certainly thought of that skill set, being able to not just cause havoc in front of the net, but, uh, but good, good tipper of the puck, good deflections, uh, causes the, the net front uh, traffic, uh, can make a, a flash screen, where you cross in front of the goalie's eyes, or that static screen, uh, he's uh, he's decent at both of those uh, those things. I think sounds like he wants to play back in in Montreal. Uh, that uh, that does appear to be the case. And uh, can we go through the injury list uh, a little bit? You, you you've got it in front of you right now, and it's <laughs> it's insane. We Alec Martinez from the Golden Knights, like, and and Vegas was mm-hmm. one of those unique uh, clubs that appeared to get healthier as the playoffs went on. It was a really strange mm-hmm. one in in that regard. But we know Alec Martinez uh, played with a broken foot at the start of the playoffs, and they played so long, it, it actually looked like it might have healed up uh, by the end of it. The the teams that actually got to the final, like there are some banged up guys there. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Like we we got an indication of what Jeff Petrie was, was dealing with. It was a broken pinky, but I know everybody wants to know what happened to Jeff Petrie's eyes. Why were they blood red during his comeback game against the Vegas Golden Knights? And we found out that the doctors had to set his broken pinky. And when they did, it bursted blood vessels in his eyes from the pain 
it's pretty wild that he came back and was as effective as he was throughout the remainder of the playoffs. But that is what Jeff Petrie was was dealing with. And then the, hold, the hold thing on, on the, on the Petrie that, thing, that the Petrie thing. Yeah. So he basically yep. squeezed his his eyes and scrunched up his face so much out mm-hmm. of the pain that mm-hmm. that when when they reset the pinky that he burst the blood vessels mm-hmm. in his eyes. Like it's not yeah. resetting the pinky and something happens to his eyes. It's that he's just, and, and I'm doing it right now in the studio, like scrunching up your face, like, <laughs> like screaming that that's what happened to him. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And like you, you hear him kind of describe it. It, it doesn't seem like the pinky broke backwards or anything. It, it seems like it broke straight out from his hand. So it, it had to have been a very painful resetting of the finger for Jeff Petrie. But then again, he deals with that, comes back, plays, and plays at a very, very high level. Uh, Alex Kalorn, the other one that, that came out, and it's just kind of fascinating and, and borderline crazy to think about. But Kalorn broke his fibula, blocking a shot in game one of the Stanley Cup final, had surgery during the cup final, had a rod put into his leg and wanted to return in game six or seven if the series progressed there and if he was needed by his coaching staff. Okay, that's crazy. I, I can't believe that <laughs> that he actually went out there and lifted the Stanley Cup over his head. So he, he for lack of a better term, did a uh, did a deadlift or, or a, a snatch uh, and threw it over his head like an Olympic weightlifter. With a rod in his leg, a couple of days after surgery, so he did the 34-pound lift, and did that while recovering just hours after a a rod was inserted in his leg from a broken fibula. That mm-hmm. that's yeah. the winner to me. It, it's I mean it's ridiculous, like it, it really is, and. You know, again, we, we talk about these guys. We talk about how tough they are. We, we talk about how much it means to play in the Stanley Cup final, how much it means to win the Stanley Cup. And you have to you don't have to go much further than those three players, Kalorn, uh, Jeff Petrie, and Alec Martinez to, to an extent. Like the, the injuries that they were playing with or trying to play through uh, are just absolutely astounding. And, you know, you and I have talked about it like, with a broken foot, there's not much that I could do and be effective at in everyday regular life, much less go out and play high-level hockey in the best league in the world. So you've just got to tip your cap to those guys. I'm not even sure I could drive with a broken foot. I mean, it, it would depend on which foot it is, I think. Which foot, yeah. Right? Whether you got a standard, whether... But you can somehow, uh, through the uh, modern medicine, you can you can get out there and put it in, and uh, and some some pain killing, and you're able to uh, get through it. But the, a broken foot, I'm out. I'm not doing this job with a broken foot because I can't get here. <laughs> so so I can I can't do I can't do radio with a broken foot. With a broken pinky, having it reset, I'm gone minimum two weeks from this job. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot, a lot of physical stress on my body while I do this job. Would you concur with that, Chapman? Like I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I still couldn't do it with a broken pinky. Uh, if you're talking rod in the fibula, mm-hmm. uh, from a broken fibula. By, by the way, from a shot block, 
It, it wasn't yep. from a hit or anything. It was from a shot block. So think about that and all those block shots that the players do. And we're, we're used to seeing it from Alec Martinez and, and a few of the other guys. But that's that's what you're you're up against. And it can, it can break your fibula. Uh, broken fibula, rod inserted. You probably... Uh, I want to say I'd be back for the All-Star break next year. <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure that I'm, that I'm going to be ready. <sighs> For the all-star break. So let's let's go through it uh, again. Broken foot, not not participating. But it, four to six weeks, you're back uh, because it'll sure. actually heal. The pinky, two weeks, guaranteed. Broken pinky. And the rod in the leg, broken fibula, six months. And these guys are out there playing. They're doing their thing. That's insane. And you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. That's how much uh, no. uh, little pain tolerance I have. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. Like, I, I, I wouldn't take that much time off, but, you know, that's the difference between you and me. Yeah, you'd, you'd try and grind it out, but it's, it's not I would good. absolutely grind it's it out. It's not good for the show, Ryan, if you're distracted and you're, you're not able to perform at 100%. We need you at 100%. Like, Chapman, he could get through I'd, at 50. No, no, no. I I'd I'd be I'd be like ninety five percent. I have a pretty high tolerance for pain. There's no I'd be good. way. I'd be fine. There's no way. Like every what? time you'd have to no. adjust yourself with the uh, fibula and the rod. Uh, okay. Okay. If I broke my foot, I don't think like if it didn't require surgery, right? And I was just like in a in a walking boot. I don't think I'd miss any time on the show. How do you get here? If I had broke, can you drive? What are you, what are you talking about? I mean, I, I'd find a way. Hmm. Come on. I'd I find a way. Don't think you're jumping in the Uber from where you're at, though. Yeah. Don't think that's well, happening. No, but I mean, like, if we're if we're talking about right now, like, I'd do the show the, the way that I do it any other time. Yeah, but if you Olmstead, physically like, had, to, had to be somewhere, that changes things. I would things. not take... Chapman, listen to me. I would not take time off of work if I had a broken foot that I just needed to put in a walking boot. Darren, this is about like as that, believable that, as him not believing in ghosts. Yeah, I agree. Blows my he, mind. He's just trying, okay. to, he's trying so, to pretend he's a tough guy right now. No, no, no. Okay, so so real talk, no joke. When I was a kid, I broke my ankle playing basketball at a friend's house. I called my parents. They weren't home. So I walked like three and a half, four blocks on a broken ankle to my house, got in, put ice on it, and then later on when my parents got home, we all left and went to the doctor to have x-rays on my broken ankle. Yeah, like, you're young I, and I, stupid. That's that's uh, You can get through that when you're young and stupid. Are you are you for real? You would legitimately not come to work because you had broken your foot. Like, you sit and talk on the radio, Darren. Come I know. On. That's ridiculous. I know. That is absolutely ridiculous. We Okay, in, in the off I'm not, chance... I'm not proud of it, Ryan. I'm not proud okay, in of the, it. In the off chance that I could not physically commute into work, like mm-hmm. I broke my right foot, whatever the case, I, I'm in a walking boot, it's unsafe to drive, in the off chance that that were the actual case, it was just not safe enough for me to drive into town, yeah. then I'm sure we'd be able to work out a situation where I could grab some gear, do the show from home, in which case I would. I would not miss time on the air. That's insane. Oh. And and a broken pinky? Come on. Like, as painful as the setting would be, maybe I'd miss a day, maybe a day or two. But, like, 
It's a pinky. Come on. Listen, I, I, you're ridiculous. I wouldn't do the. I wouldn't be able to work with a pinky issue until I could play mm. a complete 18 holes of golf, and I would and I would try and wow. play those 18 holes wow. every day until I was ready to come back to go, to, uh, to yeah, work. I'm I'm sure you would. I am sure you would. <laughs> and then as far as the rod and the fibula goes, like obviously I'd miss the time that I'd have surgery. Obviously I'd I'd probably need a couple of days recovery. But I can't imagine that I would miss more than like I don't know a week and a half or two, at the most, from that injury. Chapman, he's playing tough. You guys guy. are ridiculous. Yeah, come on, Hoser. It's not tough. It's being practical. There's no like, room. We all for have to work here. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh man, this is amazing. Chapman, I'm learning a lot about you right now. Chapman, how, the broken fibula, how much time do you miss? A and month. They, they, At least a month. Yeah. How about a the, month? How about the oh, absolutely. broken pinky? Because you got to press buttons over there. Well, yeah. So you may miss more from the pinky than, than the broken fibula. Fortunately, I don't, don't really use the pinky too much. I'm, well, if, if, if my oh, eyes Oh, come are, on. Come on. Don't let, don't, don't let an excuse prevent you from doing this exercise correctly, I'm, Chapman. Listen. You I, would use the pinky to your advantage. You of absolutely course I would. would. Oh, if, guys, if, if I use the pinky eyes, so much on the board. If, I was looking, if my eyes looked like Michael Jackson in Thriller, like, like Jeff Petrie's did, I'm not showing up to work because of that. Yeah. I agree. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, ridiculous. I mean, I can't. I guess I could, in theory, wear my sunglasses. And, no, I'm no, staying that's home. More distracting. Yep, I'm staying oh, home. Okay. And and what about the, the last injury? The foot? Yeah. Oh, I'm, forget it. I got to walk. Chap a broken stang? foot? The yes. Chap, you can't walk. The, you yeah. can't drive the oh, chap No, stang. I can't drive the chap staying with a broken foot. Yeah, so you're gone four to six. Yep, absolutely. Chap, hold, hold on. Chapman, how way do you live from the station? Close enough. Okay. <laughs> it takes me about eight minutes to go. get here. Yeah. But he's still gonna right. drive. Yeah, and, I, and I'm certainly Someone not walking. Someone can drive you. Oh, um, come on! My wife you, doesn't drive. This, this hurts. Yeah. This hurts me so much. The, like, oh he, my gosh! You think he's gonna hook a ride on the Roomba? Oh, that'd be fun. He might. No. He might. No, I I, I want the excuse to no, stay no, no. home. You're right. You're right. That's 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 fair. Like you wouldn't put forth the effort to get on the Roomba, or you wouldn't put forth. Like that's fine. I I I am <laughs> blown away by by this i really am <laughs> like darren no one's asking you to play hockey we're just asking you to show up and, and, and sit on a chair and do the show like and come on that's that's hard work it's it is it's 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 physical i'm um, just being honest with people and it may not be what you, think... you want to hear it may not be what you would do i'm just being flat out honest with you that i couldn't so, take uh, it okay Give me, give me the timeline again for each injury for you. What is it? Uh, six months for the uh, for the fibula. Okay. Uh, I would be four to six with a broken foot because I wouldn't be able to drive to get here. And how far away do you live? Ooh, I'm about ten minutes. Ten. Minutes. Okay. How about but this? I'm, I'm like a major, I would major freeway. No, no, no. Though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I would personally see to it. Personally uh -oh. see to it. That you had gear available to you at your house to do the show. No, because then I have to go upstairs to the studio. Weeks? Yeah, because I have to go upstairs to the studio. I would I, run, I would I would run your internet line down the stairs for you so that we could literally plug it into a a like just you wouldn't have to move. Yeah, we, but then, then he's got the up. kids at yeah, home, he'd be distracted the dogs. Yeah, it's just not 
it's not conducive to you a did good the show program. from home during a pandemic and did you like, hear the show well we did it from home yeah, it there was you've, great there were dogs and, and it's totally fine dad can you help me with my homework yeah it was listen it was, it was that nasty. that never happened um, that never happened. Dad, can you help me with my homework? That never happened. However, the kids I will actually say this, won't like, let me help them with their homework. Do you know that? <laughs> That's probably a good thing. They said I, 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 I can understand why. They say uh, I'll volunteer. I'm like I'll help you with homework. No, mom, mom will do it. They want to get good grades. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I get, and I get a little frustrated with them. Oh, math, forget it. Yeah. So, so okay, so four to six weeks. Even if you had the ability to have the gear in front of you, I would personally come by and set it up. I'd put the microphone in front of your face. I would no. even fluff the pillow under your ankle. You would still say four to six weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's not fair that I would get wow. preferential treatment. I'd feel bad. No, you wouldn't. Like Cofield, You'd love that. Cofield's not getting King of the that. castle. What are you talking about? Grainy's not getting that. I would feel bad that because if something ever happened to those guys, they would want the same thing and they wouldn't get it. So I just no, I don't, I don't no. think it's fair. You want to know what would happen with those guys? They would just show up. There's Grainy? No way. Cofield. Grainy yeah. would show up. Cofield. Grainy would show Cofield up. Cofield for sure. Cofield like does a show while he's in REM in the middle of the night. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's how much a fair that point. Guy, that, yes. That's how much that guy works. But uh, but Grainy, no way. He's he's taking advantage of it too. I'm not even taking advantage of it. I'm just being honest. And that's a real stick tap to to hockey players who find a way to play through this kind of stuff. It's it's borderline ridiculous. What Alex Kalorn did in lifting the Stanley, just lifting the Stanley Cup out there in uniform. Yeah. Imagine how much it hurt him just getting putting on the shin pads on and and the mm-hmm. the, the, the the pants like just putting his gear on. Or as Chapman calls them, putting on the hockey shorts. Yes. Uh, just, yes. just getting geared up would have been painful to go out for the celebration. And, what, he, st- and he wanted to play two days later. Yeah, like what what blows me away um, is just kind of keeping up with some of the images uh, and 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 stuff from the celebration in the in the days since winning. Like Alex Kalorn's just walking around like normal, carrying the Stanley Cup, doing his thing. No crutches, nothing. Like, man, you'd be out for six months from that, huh? Six. And I don't think I guaranteed wow. I'd be back in six months. I said I'd, I'd well, like. What would be your excuse in six months? I'd like to be back in six months, but I'm not. I'm not sure. There's nothing wrong with being think, honest. What do you think the actual timeline for recovery is there? Ooh, probably two to three years. Like I might wow. be ahead of schedule. Have you ever thought of that? That that maybe I might be ahead of what a normal person might be. So you hmm. think you think that Alex Kalorn misses the start of training camp next year? If I'm him, I would. <laughs> Take care of your body. It's about load management. I can't believe you walked home with a broken ankle. You could, yeah, you, you I could did. do more damage with that. I mean, I was young, I was stupid, and I was—I wanted to get home. It explains now why you walk in circles all the time. That's not true. Because you got that wonky ankle uh, that's slowing you down. When we come back, the lines for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to change them up. I want your opinion, and I want five teams from you that are locks to make the playoffs next year. Think about it. Locks. There's no doubt they will make the playoffs. Can you legitimately give me five that I can't shoot all kinds of holes in? 
It's the VGK Insider Show. Starting to stiffen up. Just thinking about these injuries on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Just chatting with Storm Bonatoni, texting back and forth, getting set for the National Hockey League draft, doing some preparation. I love the draft. I can't wait until we're back in arenas with the draft. Mm-hmm. But the National Hockey League draft and how much you learn, and it's a little different the last couple of years because we don't get the face-to-face time with them. But, boy, it uh, when they finally show up and you're like, ah, I remember that player, XYZ, 2019 draft. Uh, and there's so many cool stories uh, that, that go into it. So uh, looking forward to that. On the 23rd is the first round right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The entire VGK broadcast team will be part of that. And then the second round to the seventh round will go on Saturday. I'm anticipating that that won't be a nine-hour affair like it was last year. Remember, Probably not. Remember, last year, the the, the, the days were, were wonky. It was a weekday for the second round. Mm. And they started at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Pacific time. And it went into our show. It went past 4 o'clock uh, that day. Uh, and uh, based on the level of frustration from all the teams, uh, I, I don't think that that's going to happen again <laughs> from uh, from what I gather. But I uh, love the National Hockey League draft. You look back at the, the picks from last year. Vegas had a good draft uh, last year, mm-hmm. even the pandemic. Yeah. And I loved what Kelly McCrimmon had to say uh, during his year-end availability about how it's come together pretty nice. He's really happy with what uh, he's seeing, what the reports he's getting uh, from his group and uh, Von Carpen and, and Bob Lowe's and company, and they'll all be uh, in town looking forward to that. So I can't wait uh, for the first round on July 23rd, which coincides with the opening ceremony at the Olympic Games. Uh, no, Chad has. So, no. so this, is, this is the challenge to you. Not a challenge, but... Uh, a goal that I want you to set for yourself is I want you to do the draft and, and I want you to uh, have to, to like dive in and then go through that first round and broadcast that first round. There is nothing better than the first round of the national hockey league draft to broadcast. There is nothing worse in sports than sitting there in the arena for the first round of the National Hockey League draft, if you're not broadcasting <laughs> the, the draft. And I've, uh, I've been lucky enough to do both on, on several times. It flies by when you're broadcasting it. So uh, one, one of these years, uh, you head up the, uh, the, the Fox Sports Las Vegas draft coverage and, and broadcast mm-hmm. that first round because it is so much fun and it's spectacular. But I don't want you to have to go there and, and be in the rink and just watch the picks go up there. Because that gets a little uh, draggy at times, and it's because you're just not part of the the the, mm-hmm. the telecast, yeah. and you're going up, you're not hearing the interviews, and and, and so forth. So. No, I don't know if it's like this at all because I've only been to one. But the way they had it set up in Vancouver was they had all the the podiums. There was like ten of them where guys who were drafted, they'll come up and speak to the oh, media. Yeah, they do the car wash, and and it was so great because I found a seat. <laughs> That was basically to the side of the stage, and as soon as guys got drafted, if I wanted to hear what they had to say, I was only like a two or three minute walk away from, so I didn't have to sit through all the the you know stuff waiting for teams to send their pickup and whatever. But 
What do you mean you found a seat near well, where they were talking? My my the seat in the arena. Yeah, where you were assigned? No, no, there. I didn't have an assigned seat. I had, I. There there was some confusion, but I didn't have an assigned seat, so I was basically. Yeah, that's very unusual. Yeah, I was sitting basically with fans, so. I found a spot that was right to the left of the stage, and basically I would just exit out. So and when they would talk to uh, Tara Sloan or, or Catherine Tappan, you were right there? No, 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 no. The the upstairs where they have all the players after they oh, talk okay, to, okay, yeah, okay, like yeah. where they talk yeah. to the generic yeah. media people like me who mm-hmm. are just You're not covered. generic. You're very unique. Well. There, there's, there's You are a lot of things. You I are am, not generic. I am no Catherine Tappan. You are, you are very, very not generic. Uh that much okay so but it was a blast it was a lot of fun did you talk to players from other teams yeah yeah I why talk- well just because i wanted to hear what they had to say i didn't physically ask any questions i i talked to all the vegas players that were there but <laughs> and it was great sage sage hooked me up like he took care of me so it was cool no, sage is a good man yeah he took care of me at that but, draft it was awesome but i don't know why you'd go talk to other players well i want to just hear what they have to say you know like jack hughes i want to hear what he has to say you are an interesting dude. <laughs> you are, you are, again, not mm-hmm. generic. Yep. Uh, so, w- will you do that for me? Because I want, I want you to have some fun, Ryan, with that. Because it is, it is a not a rite of passage, but I think it's, it's one of those assignments that I, I think in, in knowing you a little bit now, I think you, mm. you really, really enjoy. I would love to dive deep into the draft. It would be. It'd be great. I think it's it's always interesting because there's there's so many players to to try to understand and, and get a book on, and then it's uh, it just seems like controlled chaos once it starts. So that that would absolutely be right up my uh, but right it's up not my alley. like it, it follows it follows <laughs> such a script. Now there's there's drafts where let's talk about the the line A draft where all of a sudden uh, you've got some some moving around because Jesse Pugliarvi falls and then you gotta you gotta follow it up the next year evan bouchard uh went went 10 like there's there's different places where it it juggles it up uh who was it last year that went oh detroit detroit took a player that i didn't have in the top 60 in in the first round went completely well, that, that off was the board. uh was that Moritz cider that was two was years that ago. the player? Uh, no. Chapman says that oh, was two, two years, years ago. ago. No, it was a, it was a okay. Russian player. But and so you get those kind of things where uh, when you're doing the draft and you look you look across to your to your fellow panelists and you're like oh oh like where and you're starting <laughs> to fire through your cards a little bit. Now thankfully, uh, I would always work with uh, Sam Cosentino, so he knows he knows everybody. He's uh, yeah. incredible with uh, with his brain retention, but. Uh, you'd be looking across, and Brian Burke and I would make eye contact. Like, let Sam take this for a little bit as we're just rifling <laughs> through stuff. Uh, looking over Mike Johnson. Uh, so, there's, so there's there's that part of it. But generally, generally, there's a pretty. It follows a pretty close script. You're 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 fairly certain. But you know so much about these players by the time they come. Like Brendan Brisson last year, that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. so cool, and I, I it wasn't even because Vegas took him. He just had such a cool story. Uh, I was a little surprised that Vegas took him just because his dad's a, a power agent, and I, I wasn't sure that he would go in, in the in the first round. Like, uh, just one of those things. And and why why I say that was we were coming off the uh, situation. Can I call it uh, refer to it as a situation in the summer in the yes. bubble with yes. the uh, with the other agent, power mm-hmm. agent something. Yeah, please do. Uh, 
So that that was that created a whole different dynamic uh, to it. But then then in three years, we'll know everything there is when when Brisson shows up. Like he hasn't even been to a development camp yet. No. Yeah, Isn't that strange, right? Like two years in, and he won't have been to a development camp. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's it's when you say it, right? Like when you say that out loud, when you when you talk about what has been missed over the last two years beyond just some hockey games during the regular season, beyond just a shortened season, but there's there's big events in terms of player development that have been missed too because of the pandemic. Insane. And uh, we'll, yeah. we'll hopefully we'll get uh, rookie camp in September. That'll give us a, a look at some of these players, but uh, but a lot of them won't be available because of school or or various uh, uh, other commitments. But uh, we'll get to our lines, uh, who we think will be the the lines next year, and you have to make a change at all four lines for the Vegas Golden Knights. Will Ryan Wallace make significant changes up front for the VGK? Or will Ryan Wallace nibble around the edges and leave most of that cookie on the table and pretend like, I can't, I can't eat the whole cookie, I'm trying to lose weight, and too much sugar? Or will he just go all in and say, I'll go for an extra long walk tonight and burn those calories off? Uh, I'm curious. It's uh, Ryan Wallace changing up the lines on the VGK Insider Show as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. My challenge to Chris Chapman and Ryan Wallace is to give me your lines for next year, forward lines for the VGK, but they can't be the same. Every line has to be different than what we saw for the majority of this season. All right, so you can't just run out the meat grinders. You can't just run out Chandler Stevenson with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. There has to be at least one change on every line. And it sounds somewhat easy, but then you get down lower, and you're like, oh, that's the exact same line. because there's the... <laughs> So, Chapman, I want you to go first in this. Okay. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not, it, 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 not it, exactly a confidence. It start. was. It was hard. It was. It was really hard within those parameters. And I'll start by by saying I I really think that there's a, a void on the left side because they don't have a lot of guys who play left wing. They have a lot of guys who play on the right side, but they don't have a lot of guys who play on the left. So that kind of forced me to do something that may or may not happen. So my first line is is. I have Pacioretty, William Carlson, and Mark Stone. I I don't think there's a whole there's there's no reason for me to break up Pacioretty and Stone. And okay. I still feel like William Carlson is their first center. He's 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 their number one center. Um, even though Stevenson played there the entire season, I still feel like Carlson could and possibly will be that guy at some point. Okay. Second line. This is where it gets a little interesting. Well, it better be because the other one wasn't. Very yeah, it was kind of boring. I have Jonathan Marchessault, Peyton Krebs as my center, and Alex Tuck on the wing. I think we saw a little bit of Krebs. Hopefully, he's able to take that next step. He comes into camp, he earns that spot, and and I think second line. I I think the the sky's the limit for Peyton Krebs. I think Alex Tuck. This is now his time to take that next step forward. 
And if he wants to be in the top six, this is his opportunity to, to become a top six guy. My okay. third line, I re-signed Matthias Janmark. No, oh, congratulations. Have we announced the terms on that? Uh, two years, <laughs> two million. Okay. Okay. That's, 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 uh, that's Chris Chapman's own re-signing. Yes. Matthias Janmark has not re-signed. No, just, he, just so he is know. not a member uh, of the Vegas Golden I, Knights. I don't want anybody getting uh, ahead of themselves. Uh, don't get or, confused. Or going off that. Yeah. So you're, uh, you're bringing Janmark back. Yes. I have Chandler Stevenson in the middle, and I have Riley Smith on the right side there. All right. Fourth. Well, now, now, now what are you going to do? Ah, uh, well, this is where it got really tough. See, that's where you get to the end, and you're like, I've got the same line. Yeah, I have Carrier, <clears throat> Wah, and Keegan Colasar. Hmm. Okay. I, I really like Keegan Colasar's game. I feel like he, he's got a little bit of offensive upside. He's a tough guy, really tough guy. And he, he kind of fits the mold of, of a fourth-line player. So I, I threw him on there, and we know what Carrier is, and... I think Nick Waugh, he he's a guy who who can play in the middle as well with those two guys. So I think that that's probably my best fourth line right there. The uh, the omission there is Ryan Reeves. Yes, yes. And I I, I think with Reeves, he, he's he's a guy who you can obviously put in there, and he can play every night. But I just feel like. Maybe he's not in the room right now, so you don't have to be no, afraid. No, no, I'm I'm not. But I think maybe there's a little <laughs> bit more upside with Keegan Colasar than there is with Ryan Reeves. Nice. And you're putting Krebs as your second line center. Yes. No Cody Glass. No. No Cody Glass. All right. Where about you, Wallace? Okay. So I've kind of gone back and forth as to who my top line center is going to be. Was this harder However, than you thought it was going to be, by the way? Um in in a sense, yes. I mean, I had some like pretty clear ideas of what I wanted to do. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out which players, just in terms of centers, I want to put where. Because oftentimes I think of things as duos, and with Chandler Stevenson, is the best part of that duo with Mark Stone, or is it with Max Pacioretty? That's kind of the question that I was trying to answer. And then in terms of Chandler Stevenson, based on where I put him, was I overkill on that line with speed as opposed to kind of balancing things out a little bit more. So this is what I've got. Top line, Jonathan Marchessault, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone. Second line, Hold on. So Max we doing, pa- I was doing something else. I, I need that again. Okay. Okay. Jonathan Three, Marchessault. Three, two, one. Okay. 81. Jonathan Marchessault, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone. Hmm. Okay. Second line, Max Pacioretty, Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck. Third line, I, like Chris Chapman, kept Matthias Janmark in the fold here in this exercise. My third line is Matthias Janmark, William Carlson, Riley Smith. Mm. And my fourth line is Cody Glass, Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar. So you also leave Ryan Reeves off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Krebs is your second line center. Yep. But unlike Chapman, you move Carlson yep. down to the third line. I want my third line in Matthias Yanmark, William Carlson, Riley Smith to draw the toughest 
toughest matchups every single night. I want them shutting down the opposition's best players, and whatever offense they chip in, I'm good with. But I think those three guys together can really do some damage in terms of shutting things down, and it opens up more time and more energy for your top your top six to focus on putting the puck in the back of the net. Hmm. I don't mind that. Uh, so you've got Marcheseau, Stevenson, and Stone, and then Pacioretty, mm-hmm. Krebs, and Tuck. Followed by yep. Yanmark, you're resigning. You guys have both uh, resigned mm-hmm. Yanmark. Uh, Carlson yep. and Riley Smith. So you keep Carlson and yep. Smith together. Mm-hmm. And then you go Glass, Wah, and Kolasar. Yep. You keep so the the people that you keep together are Stevenson and Stone. Mm-hmm. Then you've got an all new third uh, second line. With Patrietti, yep. Krebs, and Tuck, you maintain the bond between Carlson and Smith. Yep. I don't mind that lineup at all. Thank you. It's a it's a it's a little more different than and and not to take anything with Chapman. Chapman's fourth line is pretty much what you'd expect, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you get boxed into that that corner by going down with your your familiar top nine. And and I totally understand how you would end up that. You changed it a little bit. One, you you, you put glass in the mix, whereas mm-hmm. whereas uh Chapman didn't have glass in the mix. Uh I'm intrigued. Uh, it like Chapman loaded up with the top line with mm-hmm. his yeah. with Carlson between the two big wingers. Uh, his second line is is like you, very unique, brand new, with Marcia So Krebs and Tuck. Uh, and his his third line is his. So the middle of his forward lines are basically new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well done, you guys. I like his third line. I'm I'm going to be totally honest. I think I think that's a the reasoning behind it. I think is is what really attracts me to to leaning that his third line is better than mine mm-hmm. because I, I think the reasoning behind it is, is is fantastic like yeah these are these are my guys that I want to shut down the other team's top line allowing my top six guys to have free reign I, I really like that reasoning I find it uh, and- interesting the strategy Chapman loads up and becomes more of a, a three line team I think there's there's a little bit more uh, balance on mm-hmm. on Ryan's lines. That's what I was going for. Like I, I look at I look at this in in a very uh, not not brand new way, but like for me, I like the idea of having a line that you trust in every single situation defensively. That is a role that I think you can you can absolutely get with Yanmark Carlson and Smith. And then with Glass and Wah and Kolasar, like those are guys that at various levels that they have played have been able to find the back of the net. A, a fourth line that I think could chip in offensively here and there. And then you've got more balance up top too. I I, I like the I like the idea of having four lines that can score more often than not. And that's what I was aiming to achieve here. The the other thing that I was kind of toying around with was whether or not I wanted to switch Krebs and Stevenson, have Krebs up on the top line, Stevenson on the bottom, uh, on the second line. But I think the duo of Stevenson and Stone works 
so much, so well that I don't want to split those two guys up. Players of interest: Cody Glass, Ryan Reeves, Riley Smith, and Peyton Krebs. We'll talk about those four as they relate to these new-look lines that we've come up with for next year, with a caveat being you had to change each line. That's an hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.